Welcome to the Why God Why podcast brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. My name is Harry Gibbs. I'm a member at Browncroft and producer of the show. I'm joined by our hosts, Peter Engler, Director of Adult Ministries at Browncroft, and John Amayo, New York State Crew Director. Our special guest today is Professor Michelle Lennox at RIT. We're going to introduce her uh, shortly. Uh, Why God Why is a podcast where we're going to be asking 21st century questions about God and you probably never thought you could ask these questions, but we're going to dare to try. So today's topic is why God, why do Christians not believe in science? So Peter and John, welcome in and talk a little bit about today's question. Well, I hope it's pretty obvious to our listeners that you and I are not science experts, John. Yeah, I think by this point, they probably have figured that out. We are liberal arts guys at we best. Are. We're, we're art, tortured at, artists. At best, yes. <laughs> So what what I'm really excited about with Michelle is to have someone that's wrestling with this idea of faith and science. And, you know, when we think of the idea of jazz is the music doesn't always resolve. And so I think part of science and part of what I'm looking forward to with talking with Michelle is realizing that with science it's asking different questions in religion, but there is an overlap that we need to be aware of. So definitely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I'm excited to get Michelle's perspective as well. I, I just think that this is a major topic. You know, I work with college students and, and this is one of the things I think that hangs people up in our society a lot right now is this idea that somehow religion and science are diametrically opposed to each other. And you, you see this really on Facebook, you know, a, a lot. You, you, there's kind of battles that go on. I watch it on my feed you know, from time to time, the battles that, that happen over religion versus science, and you have people entrenched on both sides who are trying to convince the other side that their side is right. And it really it doesn't move us forward very much. That kind of environment doesn't move us forward. And so what I'm in really enjoying about today is the opportunity to engage in this topic in a way that's civilized, in a way that's thoughtful, in a way that's compassionate. And that's why I'm excited to have Michelle with us, because she is all of those things. Uh, she's very uh, educated in her field. She knows uh, science extremely well. But combined with that, she is also the type of person that's extremely compassionate, extremely um, dedicated to her faith at the same time. And so you, you have in Michelle, in my mind, uh, one of these people that walks both of those worlds for us. And, and I think she can help kind of decode some of those things that maybe each side of the conversation is missing a little bit. So anyway, without further ado, let's welcome Michelle Lennox to the Why God Why podcast. Welcome, Michelle. Great to have you here. Hi, guys. Happy to be here. We're so glad to have you. You know, I think probably one of the best things we can do is why don't you just give us a little bit of your background and uh, share about your role at RIT and maybe how you were inspired and loved science. It's It can be an interesting story. Um, I went to school to, well, I've, I've always been interested in, in science, particularly medical sciences. I have a, a, a big interest in human anatomy and how the body works, and I always have ever since I was a kid. And there was a time when I wanted to go to medical school, but then 
I realized that probably wasn't for me. So um, I, I went to school to become a medical technologist, which allowed me to work in a hospital laboratory and analyze a lot of different samples that would come into the lab. So I got, you know, I was immersed in the whole hospital scene, which is what I love to do. Um, then I decided to go back to school and I ended up at RIT just taking some courses to prepare me for maybe a career change. And um, I was asked by the prof- one of the professors there if I was interested in teaching at RIT some lab courses. And I was rather surprised because I had never taught anything before. Um, but because I had so much lab experience, he believed that I would have been a good fit for this position. So I ended up at RIT and um, I ended up working both jobs for quite a while. And I would work um, the, the hospital job in the evenings part-time. And an important fact to note is that the two evenings that I worked were Monday evening and Thursday evening. And I'll tell you why that's important in a minute. So I worked Monday evening, Thursday evening, and then I taught at RIT during the day. And one evening I was at home correcting papers, and God clearly spoke to me and said, I want you to quit your hospital job. And... You know, this was new for me. I hadn't ever gotten these kinds of signals before, but God said, you're going to quit your hospital job. And I'm thinking, is am I really hearing what I think I'm hearing? So I went into the other room and spoke to my husband, Chuck, and said to him, God just told me I have to quit my hospital job. And he said, well, if God told you that, that's what you better do. So I, I went, I went the next day, I went to work and I said, I'm quitting. I gave my two week notice. Wow. Now, now, can I pause that yeah. story? Because this is like a really cool story. It is a cool story. Um, uh, some of us that are listening might go like, well, that just seems so unbelievable to me. Like, how, how did me. you know that it was God <laughs> speaking to you in that moment? Like, you know, how did I, you sense that? I, John, the only thing was that I was totally thinking of something else. I was working on my school papers. I had never thought about quitting my hospital job. We needed the extra money, so that job was important to me. So it came out of the blue. It was from nowhere, and I thought, why did that that thought come into my mind? So I couldn't give credit to anybody except God for that or blame him for that <laughs> at the time. That's more of the way I was feeling. So um, so I, I, I was finished with my job. After I had quit the job, again, I was at home doing something, and I got a phone call from Mark Randall. And at the time, Mark Randall was um, director of Campus Crusade in the Rochester area, which I had heard about, but I wasn't involved with it at at that point. And he said to me, he introduced himself, and he said, I understand that you're on faculty at RIT. And I said, yes, I am. He said, well, right now we're in need of a faculty advisor. Would you be interested in it? And of course, I thought to myself, oh, I don't want to take on one more responsibility. No, I really don't want to do this. But I said to Mark, well, what's involved? What do I have to do? And he said, well, you'll have to go to some meetings. And the meetings are on Monday night and Thursday night. Wow. And as soon as I heard him say that, I said, okay, that definitely was God. That was my confirmation that it was God at that time. So I have absolutely no doubt that that was God that spoke to me that day. So the rest is kind of history. I always tell that story because I think it's such an incredible one. And so I told Mark, yes, I, that's what God wants me to do, so I will be there. So I became the faculty sponsor at that time, and, and crew was very small mm-hmm. at, at that point. There were you know maybe five or six students, um, but it's really grown a lot since then, and... Um, so I'm still in that role, but now we have staff 
at, at each of the campuses and the students have taken over a major role. So I've kind of, um, I'm, I don't have the same kind of role that I had back then, but still involved. Yeah. And, and from my perspective, cause I've seen you walk through this process, you know, I mm-hmm. came in and, mm-hmm. and led in Rochester after Mark and mm-hmm. just watching your faithfulness through mm-hmm. that time. The reason why, and I told you this before, but the reason why I think things have thrived the way they have is because you took the time to say yes oh, well, in that moment. Yeah. Like, and, and I, and yeah. I mean that with all sincerity, mm-hmm. like the, Thank you. The, your, dedication and your love of those students really paid off huge dividends. And so, yeah, that was cool. That was cool for me to see. Mm -hmm. See, John's like the easy one this episode. I'm, you know, kind of the hard one. And so- Good cop, bad cop. That's how we play it here. Oh, no. no. Should I be nervous about the next No, no, no. (laughs) I guess guess in hearing your story, um, there's a ton of different paradox, you know? Science can is perceived to deal with facts, mm-hmm. you know, following Absolutely. Jesus is perceived with feeling. And I, I guess I'd like to hear a little bit of your journey of becoming a professor and having faith, because I, I've talked with other followers of Jesus that are in the field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have one friend who is a PhD and he did his postdoc and, you know, the advisor said to him, you'll become an atheist by the end of the year. And so I'm just kind of curious about your journey and Mm -hmm. just even hearing you go into becoming a professor, you know, what experience do you have in kind of wrestling with that, even with different beliefs of maybe some of your faculty cohorts? Mm. Well, um, I became, at that point I became faculty at RIT. So uh, I was asked to, to teach as a lab instructor uh, I'm not a PhD, but my job was to teach all the different lab sections in um, anatomy and physiology and human biology. So um, my specialty is the human body. It's, you know, I don't get into plants and animals, but it's it's all about the human uh, structure. So um, I teach, you know, two, maybe 250 students every year uh, come through my labs. And initially... As I, you know, was going through all of my different years at RIT, uh, I, my focus would have just been really ministering to the girls and crew. You know, I'd go to the meetings more and I'd form relationships with them. And, and especially in the early years, there were some really incredible relationships that I established with some of the women that that needed a lot of support and a lot of help. And and I, you know, I was able to contribute to them. Um, in the classroom, it was a little bit different. Uh, I have to be careful what I say and, and, and how I present myself in the lab. Um, but in recent years, I want to say maybe within the last five years, I, I, I sat back and I asked myself, when you introduce yourself to your students at the beginning of every year, why aren't you telling them that you're a Christian? Because when when you introduce yourself, you have to explain the whole you to them. At least that's the way I felt. So, And I hadn't been doing that up until then. So I, I, I told myself that from now on, that's going to be part of my introduction. So I do that now. At the beginning of the school year, I always say, you know, I went to RIT. I, t- I tell them about my education, what my past uh, job experience is. And, um, and I tell them, oh, by the way, I'm faculty advisor for Crew on campus, um, which is a Christian organization. So I let them know that right up front. And some of them will come up to me afterwards and say, oh, you're, 
you know, you're part of crew and, I, and maybe they're part of crew or maybe they're part of InterVarsity, but they let me know who they are. Um, so once I establish that, I really can't go too much farther within the classroom. But when students come to my office, and most of the time when they come to my office, they need help. <laughs> they're, not, they're not looking to be, you know, congratulated or anything. They're, they're looking for support and for some ideas uh, how, how I can help them. And when it's a more a more personal problem, which oftentimes I will hear, I will say to them, um, do you have faith? Because, you know, they come from all different work, uh, walks of life, so I don't always know what their religious background is. But I'll say to them, do you have faith? And um, and if they allow me to continue talking, I will, I will try to establish, you know, um, maybe you know, some steps that they could take just to strengthen their faith, or I'll, I'll say, can I pray with you if, you know, if that's okay with you? And I can't say that I do it on a weekly basis, maybe not even on a monthly basis, but for certain students, I will feel the need to do that. So it has to be careful at the student level. Now, as far as faculty goes, that's a whole different kettle of fish. I have gotten into some very contentious conversations, arguments, maybe, um, with some faculty members, one in particular who is very outspoken and not a believer whatsoever. Um, and um, it, that was a very difficult conversation for me to have because, you know, he's a scientist and very heavy into research and, you know, the typical arrogant, you know, professor in academia that we all know about. Um, and trying to win that argument is difficult. Uh, so um, it, it can be it can be a difficult thing, but there are also plenty of faculty that do believe in God that do that are Christians, and so it's reassuring. At least in my area, I have I have several people in my building that I know um, are believers, and uh, that's reassuring to me. So it's not all you know argumentative when we get on that topic. I, I imagine Michelle that. That when you're talking with students, sometimes when you tell them, kind of, hey, I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. you know, from the get go, you might look out into that crowd and kind of get some some faces of like, oh, really? Yes. Like that's yes possible. Sure. Like I didn't <laughs> I didn't know mm-hmm. that. So, it, and you have a really close relationship with students. I mean, as kind of your job, mm-hmm. you interact with students on a level that not everybody does. Exactly. So have you found that students kind of, they know that about you. They also are grappling with this science topic. Do you feel, have you had them express concerns to you about specific issues that from their vantage point, they go like, this is really just kind of eating away at me. I can't reconcile these, these things. I had a student once that came up to me and he's, he was raised as a Christian and was still in a in a strongly Christian family, and he was really struggling with his faith since he got to school. And he was trying to take the Bible literally, and and some of the passages where women were stoned for, you know, um, um, adultery, adultery. Yeah, I guess adultery. I guess that was the the one that he had brought up. Um, well, that's kind of a tough one for a science professor. I mean, normally right. we ask it, it wasn't always ones, about, but. it wasn't always about, but you know, yeah. he came to me knowing that I was 
the Christian person, mm-hmm. and he was struggling with his faith. And so he says, but the Bible says this, so how can you say that? And um, and so I tried to, you know, I tried to reel him in a little bit and, and, and just try to encourage him and not to lose faith because his mother, you know, he and his mom were arguing about him, you know, drifting away. And so we were trying to say, you know, but but it's a different time now. We don't do things like that anymore. And he says, but that's what it says in the Bible. We've got to believe those things. So something like that happened. But as far as the science versus faith, um, I can't say that I've had any any other conversations with, with the students. You know, the reason why it's interesting having you is the science that you do is really practical you know, the lab work and, you know, I, I grew up in a home and a background that, um, prayer was a way of having miracles. And I wouldn't say I grew up totally like we don't trust doctors, but almost to the other end of like, we're going to pray. And so I guess I'm kind of curious with you because I think, Sometimes when we peel the layers back off the science issue and we get to something practical like medical labs and diseases and things like that, that this is really where the questions are. You know, yeah. Christians, how much do you pray for healing versus how much do you, you know, rely on God-given wisdom? And so I'm just kind of wondering how you wrestle with that. And, you know, I don't hear this conversation had with medical professionals, scientific professionals. So I think that would help our listeners. I'm just kind of curious what you think about that. Um, there's, there's a lot about science that we don't have answers for, you know, and this is probably one of the um, biggest conflicts that people have because, you know, science is defined as a systematic approach to us, um, studying information and, and, and coming up with answers to those questions that you might be observing or that you might be interested in. Um, and you draw conclusions from that, right? You find your answers to it. But faith is trust or belief in something that you can't prove. So, so they're on opposite sides of the spectrum, and yet they're related because there's so much of science that they don't have answers for it. You know, doctors don't have all the answers. They can diagnose a cancer patient and say you have three months to live, and then the person dies two days later. And what's the answer for that? That's not what the medical community told us. And so there are there are so many examples that that we can even you know we always use evolution as as one of those really hot topics. You know, science versus creationism and. Um, but Darwin never proved what truly started life. You know, he just found answers to natural selection that that involved changes over time within a population. That's what natural selection and evolution truly is. But how does anybody know what happened thousands and millions of years ago? Nobody was there. They rely on on fossils that they've collected over the years. But how can that give you proof? And so there's there's a lot still a lot of unanswered questions within sci- within the science community, even though they might not always admit to it, some of them. Um, so so there, there definitely are overlaps between the two, and, and we can't always separate them. You know, I know there are those scientists that want to. I, th- I think that um, they struggle with their belief in God um, 
maybe for other reasons, and then they use science as, as their explanation. Um, I know one of my colleagues was raised in a very religious family, and he um, was just, you know, like pounded with religion the whole time when he was growing up. And it wasn't, it wasn't a relationship kind of a, of a love for God, but more of an obli- obligatory kind of thing where he had to follow all the rules, you know. And, and he grew up really resenting God for, for it. And now he's a scientist, you know, and, you know, proud of his accomplishments and expects answers for everything. And he'll tell you he doesn't, he doesn't believe in God. And it's very, very sad when you talk to somebody like that. But, um, but there are different reasons why people don't believe. And it's not always about science because science exists and we accept it as, as a true, you know, um, way of, of, of finding new information and developing new technology, it's all part of science. Yeah, that's that's fascinating, and I think a, a really good point. What I'm hearing you say, Michelle, if if I'm and I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but from what I'm kind of encapsulating what you're saying is it it really takes faith. Both sides mm-hmm. really take faith because there's gaps you need to fill in that you don't have all the answers for. That's right. Um, religion, science, whatever that is, there's always a gap that that you don't know all the answers and and you you need a level of faith to get you where you need to go with that. So um if you were to to kind of pick out like like one of the things that I love about having you here is you're somebody who walks in both of those worlds. So if you were to to talk to somebody now let's look at it from both angles, but first Let's let's look at you from coming from a Christian angle and speaking to someone in the scientific community that might not believe in God. And they might have written Christians off as, you know, people who are just fill in the blank. I don't know, you know, bigots, ignorant, whatever. How would you how would you coach them? What insight would you give them into people who are who you know that are, are walking the Christian. Now, I realize that's a really broad term right there. And there's a lot of people that are all over the spectrum on both of those sides. So, but, but what insight would you give somebody who really didn't have a lot of Christians around them and they're trying to get to know what do these Christians believe? Um, I can give you examples at the college level. Cause that's yeah. really who I work with the most. Um, I really feel that they need to get around Christians. You know, there's you you have to get to know people to see what Christianity Christianity is all about. Um, people who try to, you know, put a label on Christians. I, I don't think that's fair. So if there's somebody who is struggling and trying to get more information and learn more about it, they need to be with people that can teach them about it. So I, I, I tell students to um, get to know other Christian students uh, and communicate with them, um, uh, you know, fellowship together so that they can see what it's all about. They, they always think that Christians don't have a good time, you know, that they sit home and read the Bible all day. Well, you know, we read the Bible once in a while, but it's not about, you know, everything, you know, our 24 hour, our, our 24 hour day. So um, you really get has to have to see um, you know, the struggles that Christians go through and, and how they get through it and the joy that they might have and the peace in their life that they also have and, and just to learn a little bit more about the faith. 
I uh, have a great example, and I think you know about this this young woman, John. Um, she was actually a Muslim, and she was a student of mine, and she f- was expressing the need to know a little bit more about Christianity. And this was a big stretch for her because she was such a strong Muslim. And so um, she befriended me as her teacher. And the more she got to know me, the more she wanted to know about the Christian faith. And so then I recommended that she come to some of the crew meetings. And she did. And the girls within the crew meetings that we would go to befriended her and just welcomed her and made her feel warm and invited her to their different social events. And she got to know them first as people and as friends. And as she got to know them better, she learned a little bit more about Christianity and what Jesus did in their lives. And she ended up accepting Jesus into her life before the end of the school year. It was a huge, huge event, um, Mm. and not only in her life, but in all of ours, just to see this happen. So if if it can happen to her, Mm. trust me, she was a really strong Muslim. And not to say that she's a strong Christian today, because I know that she's not, but she still has Jesus in her heart. And uh, she, she went through, you know, whatever she needed to do. She accepted Jesus. She read her Bible every day. And she got to know the other girls, and that's such an important thing to establish those those relationships with people just to learn more about it. Professor Michelle Lennox of RIT is our guest on today's topic, Why God, Why Do Christians Not Believe in Science? Michelle, I wanted to have us transition our, com- our conversation slightly into the aspect of um, you as uh, someone, a part of a Christian community, um, and your relationship with those individuals as a scientist. Um, have you found any resources in particular that you like to reference for folks that come to you and say, hey, I kind of disagree with what you do and and that, that angle of things? How, how have you uh, been able to be in community with those folks? I can't say that there are any any resources that I lead them to except for the Bible. Um, because I do believe that you need to know about God before you can accept him. So I, I try to encourage them to read the Bible, and um, and as they read more about God and see what a gracious, loving God he is, I believe that they will, you know, that, that will kind of um, initiate more of a, of a drive for them to, to, to search him out more. Um, and so... You know, I, that's really our resource, our main resource, and just inviting them maybe to our Bible study group because I am involved in a couple of them, and um, I, you know, try to encourage them to attend if they can. So you brought this up, and um, <clears throat> and so I, I think where those, I think if if I'm one of the listeners. I see Christians go up in arms about evolution <laughs> and, and you brought it up and, and I think it's an important conversation because you're a scientist yet you take the Bible very seriously. And I mean, just in a nutshell, what's your opinion on Genesis one to three, maybe, and just kind of your perspective. And I, I promise I'll answer too. So just to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, I totally believe it. I, b- I believe it all. Um, I believe there are differences between humans 
and animals and bacteria. We all have DNA, um, which is a living material in all in all living organisms. And a lot of that DNA is shared from one species to another. Um, but man is very unique. And so when we're talking the Bible, we're talking about, um, you know, the, the beginning of life as we know it. Um, evolution, as I said earlier, is a change in a population over time. And we can, nobody knows when man or humans actually came on the earth they like to say that it was billions of years ago, but was that the human that we know today? Uh, and I believe that's what uh, was part of Genesis and what God did. He put man on the earth. And um, I believe in the, his time frame um, because that's what it says in the Bible. So I, I, can, I can accept evolution as that change over time. And, um, and I don't think any scientist has enough specific information that he that they can say man really started uh you know four million years ago four billion years ago whatever some of them say um i believe it was you know during god's time and not with that big bang theory you know this is where it's a joy not to be a scientist yeah <laughs> because you know when i read genesis especially because i think that that's where a lot of our listeners might get tripped up mm-hmm you know, I don't think the ancient writers were necessarily, I don't think they cared about proving intelligent design versus evolution. And so it's so funny that we put, you know, we put pastors and we make them scientists or theologian scientists, and we ask scientists to be theologians. And it's almost unfair. And, you know, one of the things that's changed, you know, in me, the more I study that passage is, you know, Genesis is following a pattern from, the Babylonians and the Greeks that creation happened because there was this big war and there's no war in Genesis. Like God is God. And, you know, if I was to talk to the author of Genesis and ask him the questions that we ask of Genesis, he'd be like, or she might be like, that's probably question 20 or 30. (laughs) That's not question one or two. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about engaging the Bible, so to speak, and going from there. I don't know, John, what, what are some other thoughts you have about that topic? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, I, I trust Michelle on that and just go like, <laughs> wow, that's, yeah, what, whatever you say, Michelle. No, I, I, I respect people on all sides of this issue. I've talked with a lot of scientists who have different views and mm-hmm. I really have, have, I leave each of those conversations going, wow, you really know what you're talking about. Mm. This is, you've convinced me to this side now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the the centerpiece, kind of what you were alluding to, Peter, and, and the point, at bare minimum, the point of that, those first three chapters of Genesis is God did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it goes into detail about how he did it, but it, 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 if nothing else, you can be convinced that God did it. And that's a great starting point. And I think that's the starting point that really is is important for us to grasp. So um, maybe if we return to that one question to Michelle, that would be good for people who, let's say you're you're walking this scientist side of things and the the Christian side of things. What do you think Christians need to hear about science? And and I think Harry kind of alluded to this question before, but 
what do you think that if you could explain, just go, hey, guys, like, chill out for a second. Like, really pay attention to this. What would you tell them to pay attention to? Tell Christians about yeah. science? Yeah. Um, that it has its limitations. Hmm. You know, it can it can give you the answers to a certain extent, but it can't give you all the answers. Hmm. And so we have to rely on uh, sometimes, you know, whatever um, intuition that we might have, call it intuition, call it, you know, direction from God, whatever. But, but scientists can only do so much with the information that they have. We're constantly learning new information. And maybe in the future we'll have more answers, but we don't have all the answers now. And so we, we have to accept the fact that um, science is a good thing. Um, we see it all around us, you know, all the technology that we've come up with over the years, it's, it's due to science. So thank goodness for science, but, um, but it, it is limited. And so we have to accept God into our life because he's the ultimate um, source of intelligence and, you know, powerful God that he is. And, um, and he's the one that has all the answers. He's not always giving us all the answers, but, but he certainly has them all. Do you feel like, some Christians are afraid of science. I don't. I really don't think so. I don't. Th- you know, not in my experience because we see science all around us, so mm. we can accept it. It, mm. it doesn't. I don't think it threatens our faith. It doesn't mm. threaten my faith because I know what God is for me. But science also has has to play a role. Mm. Michelle, we like to wrap up every podcast by asking uh, one singular question for all of you to answer and. Uh, Unfortunately, the, the guys shy away from being the last say, so you'll get that honor. Oh, thank you. Um, so what does Jesus teach us about today's question, why, God, why do Christians not believe in science? I guess I'll get started. Um, you know, I'm looking at my phone and a notification just came up and uh, it's from uh, Medium and it says, how social Darwinism destroyed American from the inside. And, you know, I just think that that's so ironic to our conversation because science deals with data and facts, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's limited. And and theology um, and studying Jesus doesn't answer all of our science questions. So, you know, we say this all the time that Augustine is famously attributed to saying all truth is God's truth. And as I think about this article about social Darwinism, you know, at some level, it's not about the survival of the fittest. At some level, there's grace. At some level, there's love. And and to take that belief all the way out, it it just it ruins whether you're a Christian or not. It ruins the fabric of you know humanity and and just our care for other people. Why would we want to desire that? And so. You know, I think about the person that's struggling with science, and I love how you brought up the student that is asking all the literal questions of the Bible, because, you know, I hope people know that by the end of this podcast, like, there are people that it's safe to have these conversations, and they won't judge you. And that's even if you attend church every week, and you're afraid, I might believe in this, but it's contrary to, like... That's a conversation starter, not a dead end. And so I what I'm taking most from this, from your discussion, is just, you know, it's funny, when we plan these podcasts, you know, we're thinking, 
you know, maybe our guest has gone through so much, but you're a living example, Michelle, of Jesus working in your field. And in some ways, you're kind of the counterculture to what most people think of with Christians. You have people in the community that support you, that science is kind of pushing that where that's not everybody, but it's just kind of to our listeners, like there are people out there that follow Jesus and love science, and it's not this huge conflict. John, take it away. <laughs> that's that's so good, man. Uh, I, I As I think about this question, I go, and you go, how does Jesus respond to this? I go, I, I don't think Jesus is threatened by this question at all. Like, I don't think he is threatened one iota by us asking the question or by anybody asking the question, you know, why, you know, what's the deal with science, uh, Jesus? I don't think he's phased by that. I, my, my mind initially just goes to to John's gospel in the New Testament, the first the first couple of verses in there. It just goes, in the beginning was the Word, it's talking about Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, given this big ex- example of who Jesus is. And then it, it goes on to say that everything was made through him, through him, nothing that's made that has been made, everything was made through him. And um, it, it, so there's this picture of Jesus not just being like this person who comes on the scene and teaches us a good moral life, but Jesus is actually the driving creative force behind everything that is. That's Jesus. That's the 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 essence of what who we as Christians worship. That's why we worship him because he is the driving force behind all of that. Now we get to discover things about him. We get to discover amazing things through science. That's fantastic. But it, the Bible makes it pretty clear that he's the one that designed it. And so I don't think he's threatened. I don't think he is uh, kind of going, oh, no, how about if science, like, you know, oh, no, what are they going to do now? He's like, no, I'm cool with that. Keep on discovering. Keep on looking. It, the answers are going to point you back to me if you really are, are searching. So um, that's my take on it as not a scientist as well. But uh Anyway, that's my take. Michelle, I'll let you have the last word. You you realize you get to clean up the mess we yeah. just made. <laughs> Which is why we always put the guests at the end. Because Gee, thank you. Peter and I, you know, who knows what we're saying anyway. I think you said it well, really. Um, you know, when people struggle with it and having the right answers um, and, and wanting an explanation when, when they're confronted, you know, with science versus religion. Um, I think of the verse in First Peter that says, always be prepared to have an answer uh, when asked the reason for the hope in your heart. And we as Christians always feel intimidated in trying to answer those, those scientific questions. But the Bible tells us, you know, that Jesus is in control and that he is the source of all life and um, all grace and um, the universe. And so... We, we need to be equipped better. You know, we need to be prepared for when we are asked those tough questions. We're not going to have all the answers. He doesn't expect us to. But if we're equipped with the Holy Spirit and we have some of those Bible verses in our head just to point people to, you know, and if they're ready to hear it, you know, if they're not ready to hear it, it's not going to mean a lot to them anyway. So, but we need to, we, we shouldn't, you know, shy away from answering if we're, if we're prepared with the right information. So, don't, Michelle don't Lennox, uh, thanks for being a guest on the Why God Why podcast. <laughs> thanks, Mary.
If you have any questions you would like Peter or John to address or just like to comment on today's show or any of our past programs, please check us out at whygodwhypodcast.com. Thanks for listening.